the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to our Lifeline Parenting Series. We're joined in studio every week at this time by Vern Tyler, who is founder of Hosanna Pathways and the Hosanna Parent Project. And over the course of the next many weeks, we'll be talking with Vern about many of the foundational biblically-based principles for successful parenting. And by way of introduction every week, Vern, you've got a lot of experience in this. You and your wife, Judy, have not only raised a family of your own, but over the course of many years have been foster parents to about 800 children. I would imagine you've learned a thing or two. (laughs) Very much so, and wonderfully so. It's been a marvelous, marvelous adventure. This series, of course, week by week, will unveil a number of foundational principles when it comes to parenting, not only in terms of addressing the so-called problem child, but quite frankly, for any child. So toward that degree, this is really appropriate for parents, whether they're dealing with children who are a little bit more mature, perhaps preteen years or even older, up to and including those parents who are still anticipating their first child. And I would urge families that are even thinking of families, the pregnancy stage, uh, the infancy stage, these principles are so significant that if you implement them at an early age, you are avoiding the problems of later age. And this is, to me, is is a greater adventure. Uh, If we try to intervene in the older children, generally their mind, their computer, is pretty well already programmed. And to deprogram is a very, very challenging uh, process. So getting started young is the key. Use that phrase that you mentioned earlier about uh, redirecting as opposed to... Oh, it's better to build boys and girls than to mend men and women. Let's use that again. So at the end of the day, then, you've got a phrase that I think will really help parents understand the purpose of this series. Better to build boys and girls than to mend men and women. Let's get underway with today's edition of the Hosanna Parent Project. And toward the end of our conversation with Vern, we'll give you more information about how you can sign up for classes at a church in your area as part of the Hosanna Parent Project. Welcome to the Purpose Driven Parenting Program. This is your host, Vern Tyler. I'm the Executive Director of Hosanna Pathways, uh, located in Castro Valley, California. The purpose of... um, Hosanna is to help children and families stay united or to reunite them. Our primary activities are recruiting foster families and training foster families and then putting children, supervising children in those homes. The uh, secondary purpose that we do, we do a lot of uh, parent skill building training uh, using the uh, um, parent project curriculum. We're going to, today in the program, kind of discuss a little more about this control versus influence issue, which is probably the most critical issue that families face out there today. Uh, We don't realize that if we are going to attempt 
to control our children. We're going to only frustrate them, anger them, and drive them into a situation that only complicates what we're trying to avoid. Uh, So it's very, very important, and that's why I spend a lot of time on this control versus influence issue. Uh, We control things. We don't control human beings. Human beings were created with the freedom uh, of choice. Uh, We have a free will. And any time we tend to be boxed in or attempted to be controlled, we have a natural tendency to push back against that. So we as parents need to understand this concept and understand how serious this whole issue can be. We can influence our influence with our children based upon the way we live, based upon the way we treat our children. And, of course, the way we treat our children, we're going to motivate them uh, in certain directions. If we aren't careful, we can motivate our children to be very um, aggressive, um, be defiant even. And uh, that's the, those are some of the things that we as parents are always concerned with. And it's certainly not going to be a helpful environment if our children are working against it. Uh, Particularly, this is true with strong-willed kids. Uh, And this is a big issue in our culture today. We have uh, kids that are diagnosed with uh, activities that indicate that they are very disruptive and uh, not very uh, well-mannered kids to be around and so on. And, And by and large, a lot of that is true. But we can avoid that if we as parents understand what motivates our children what causes them to behave the way that they they do. We need to understand that if we want appropriate behavior or if we want to change behavior, there are four things that you're going to hear me emphasize very strongly time and time and time again. The first of these is the we must express to our children, both in words and by action, uh, that we love them and uh, we demonstrate affection towards them. This can be a little embarrassing at times for kids that particularly have not been treated this way. Uh, So we need to be aware that our kids can be a little bit uncomfortable at times, but it's so important that we give expressions of love and affection to our kids. The other thing which uh, uh, I'm going to emphasize is we have to give our kids positive strokes. And folks, this is a huge issue that I see in my counseling practice and working with kids and out-of-home placement and so on, kids just don't get positive strokes. Uh, We as parents are very busy. We're not even alert to this issue. Uh, We feel in our controlling responsibility that we need to respond to negative behaviors. And when our children uh, receive the emphasis on negative behavior consequences, again, this is very frustrating for them. It's very demeaning. It's uh, not an encouraging environment. So the way that you try to avoid this and overcome this whole situation is we have to find reasons to give our children positive strokes. Uh, Many times they'll have parents, uh, you know, such easy things, such simple things as taking out the garbage. Recognize when your child does this without your prompting them, without your reminding them. But I'll have parents say, well, but that's expected of them. I shouldn't have to take the time to remember uh, or to recognize that kind of appropriate behavior. Well, if you don't, then don't be surprised if the child has to be reminded to take out the garbage uh, or to do even simple tasks. Folks, we want to do things where we are made to feel good. 
So a positive stroke is so encouraging to a child uh, that it's um, just very powerful, extremely powerful, uh, particularly if we want to create a behavior. If you want to create a behavior, a good behavior, an acceptable behavior uh, from our children, we have to use the positive stroke. That's going to be uh, the best and probably the most effective way of seeing that we build those uh, appropriate or wanted behaviors into our children. Um, again, if you want to create a behavior, you're going to get positive strokes. You want your children to pick up the toys. Uh, you need to uh, stroke them when they do do that on their own without a reminding. Even if you have to remind them about something when they do it, give them a positive stroke. Give them that positive recognition. Folks, this is very, very powerful. Uh, we respond. We humans respond to recognition uh, to positive recognition. Uh, so we have to have a balance that's there. I am going to ask you a question in your family. Do you think that your children recognize you as a negative person or as a positive person? In most of my counseling experience in working with children, they view their parents in a negative view. Why? That's the way we've treated them. That's the way we have responded to them. When they have uh, done a, behaved in a certain manner, uh, uh, and if it was particularly a negative manner, which we didn't like, we respond very negatively. If they do a positive behavior, we tend to think, oh, that's such a good kid. I just don't need to comment about that. But you can see how the balancing goes so strongly in the negative fashion. Uh, we have to, folks, parents, we have to, in our homes, find a very delicate balance. In fact, I'm going to suggest to you that the, your positive strokes have to outweigh your negative recognition or negative consequences. Uh, if you don't, if we don't, then our kids are going to think of us as negative, as uh, not a positive person that we don't want to be around, or when they're being around, they're in a negative environment, and that's not a comfortable, fun environment to be in. Uh, now, the third thing that I talk about, or that I try to emphasize to families, uh, is that if you want your children to be properly influenced and to have good behaviors, you need to learn the skill of providing positive consequences. Uh, positive consequences is another way of not having to say no. And you know what our kids or what we will do. When somebody says no to us, we automatically take a defensive posture. Uh, kids are no different. I don't care what age they are. In fact, we always kid about the, the twos, the terrible twos, where no, everything is no. Uh, that's a great learning uh, opportunity uh, for us to develop some skills there. Uh, saying uh, no uh, while putting them on a defensive, you can say yes, but then qualify that yes. In other words, you come home, your children are watching TV, you, they're not supposed to be. You say, I'm sorry, what is the rule of the home? Um, they, then, they, of course, they'll say, well, this is a good program. I'm sorry, the rule is that you have to do your homework before you can have TV. That is a positive consequence. You're saying no TV until the homework is done. All right, let's take a break and we'll come back. Welcome back to the Purpose Driven Parenting program. This is your host, Vern Tyler. We were, uh, before the break, talking about uh, the negative consequence, or positive consequence, excuse me, positive consequence of developing the skill of not having to say no, 
but saying yes, it's qualified, which basically says no, you uh, this is not appropriate at this particular time, whatever the activity that, uh, might be. Uh, folks, this again is very powerful. Uh, you want to let the children know that you're not there to necessarily crimp their style or their fun, but there are priorities in life. And this is a good way that you can get that message through to them. Uh, in other words, something has to be done first, and then the fun thing will happen. So you're not telling them no specifically, although the message is very obvious. It is a no conditioned on you getting done what it was appropriate or what is necessary. Uh, again, this is a skill. It's going to take time to develop this, and you've got to specifically work on it. In my parenting classes, I try to work with families to help them to develop these skills. Uh, and it's once you learn it, it is extremely powerful. And your kids are not going to feel that you're a negative parent, that your reaction to them is not full of love and understanding, uh, but it's something that uh, you just simply have to take care of things, some things that are a little bit more critical or where we have an understanding or rule that this is the way that it's got to go. Uh, folks, the, the fourth thing that we have in influencing our children, of course, are meting out negative consequences. Consequences uh, from, uh, for a behavior that was inappropriate, broke the rules, whatever the case might be. Uh, this is a punitive, normally, uh, is a punitive process. In other words, this is to punish. Now, folks, none of us, absolutely none of us enjoy punishment. In fact, uh, parents out there, folks, please get rid of that, even that terminology. As a parent, uh, you don't need to use that term, you need punishment, or this makes me feel worse than you, or some of these kind of comments uh, that uh, are cliches that we can simply throw out there to our kids, but it doesn't have a positive and encouraging influence on changing their behavior or creating appropriate behavior. Uh, there are ways uh, that you can do the negative consequences uh, because you have to do, you have to uh, imp impress or enforce the negative consequence. It's, that's the way life is. You do something inappropriate, the, the consequence is going to be negative. So our children need to understand that concept. That's very basic and very real. But the punitive aspect of it, now when I say punitive, what I'm talking about here is you're doing it in a manner where our child is frustrated, uh, is very mm, bitter. They become bitter. They'll even become rebellious. Uh, this is a very dangerous kind of a thing, but this is the majority of parents that are out there. When they correct their children, they're going to use a negative consequence. You put them on some kind of a restriction. Uh, you refuse to allow them for an extended period of time to do certain things, which are very important to the kids. Normally, we're going to take something and be punitive with it that is important to the children. After all, that's part of the motivation process. If you took something away that had no value to the child then it would have no value in terms of what you're trying to accomplish. But again, we need to influence. We're not here to control our kids. If we attempt to control them with these negative, punitive responses, we're going to drive them away. We're going to drive a wedge. We're going to be thought of as negative, somebody we don't want to be around. And we're going to invite some other things, which we're going to be talking about here in a little while uh, in uh, the sessions today, in the, in the segments today. There has to be a balance now. When we talk about the expressions of love, positive strokes, positive consequences, and negative consequences, 
Folks, there is a balance that has to be here. Again, we cannot totally avoid the negative consequences because life deals uh, normal negative consequences. We violate the, the, the law of gravity. There is a natural uh, negative consequence that happens to that, uh, from that. So, again, that's natural. But, folks, I sense and I see in our culture and our communities out there and our families that, again, it has waited far too, too far to the negative consequence issue. If our kids don't sense that they're being loved and are not receiving expressions of love, if they're not being positively stroked, and if we're not providing them with a positive consequence in place of a negative or before the negative uh, happens so that a negative consequence has to happen, then, folks, we are frustrating our children. Let's just think a little bit about some things here. Um, our children uh, have to be motivated by the way that they think, uh, the way that they act out. All right? Let's, let's kind of go through that, that concept a little bit here and, and develop that because I think it's important for us to understand. Our children think and act based on living for the moment. Tomorrow is too far away, even an hour away for particularly a smaller child. That's infinity. That's going out to where they're, they can't, they don't even want to grasp it. They can't even concept. They don't, can't even grab the concept of that. Uh, so uh, that can be extremely frustrating, particularly for young kids. Uh, by nature, we are selfish, and we're not going to be considerate. We see this in our younger children particularly. Uh, uh, they have to um, uh, generally learn to be a little bit more considerate or more uh, just simply the basic concept of uh, being considerate. Uh, they want immediate gratification. Folks, this is a child, isn't it? <laughs> Our kids want gratification immediately. Not five minutes from now, not 30 seconds from now. Now means now. Uh, that's where we see a lot of tantrums happen. Uh, kids become frustrated and they, uh, that gratification doesn't happen, so they're going to react. They are emotionally oriented. Children do not think. Actually, this doesn't disappear until, well, it never disappears, but I mean significantly until the age of 25. Uh, that, so we have to understand our children are thinking emotionally. You and I as parents, particularly those of us that are over the age 25, are going to be thinking rationally, uh, which includes such things as inconsiderate, time elements, uh, deferring gratification. Those are all thought processes that kids are not equipped to handle. They've not developed those concepts yet and those understandings. So if we want our influence to have a significant impact, we have to understand these natural inclinations and gear our response to our children accordingly. Again, our reaction to our children normally are to met out negative consequences for broken rules. For a child, this has no real connection to reality for them. They've not developed the ability to think through these things. They're on an emotional level. So we as parents have to understand uh, some very uh, significant issues here. Parents, we're on a logical plane. Children are on an emotional plane. And folks, the intersection of those two is challenging. Uh, we have to realize that our kids are not going to be able to understand if we're going to be punitive and they're emotional. It's going to be an extremely challenging experience for both of us. I want to share a couple of Bible verses here 
that will perhaps understand, uh, help us to understand uh, this concept a little bit more. In Ephesians 6, 4, and I'm reading from the uh, New Living Translation, and now a word, uh, this is a quote, and I'm, I'm reading, quotation, and now a word to you fathers or parents, don't make your children angry by the way you treat them. Rather bring them up with the discipline and instruction approved by the Lord, end of quote. That's a phenomenal verse, phenomenal verse. Do, you, do, do we understand the implications of this? Don't make our children angry. How do we make them angry? Perhaps one of the main ways uh, is that we, again, don't understand the emotional state, and we are going to met out negative consequences, which they can't appreciate, they, uh, they can't comprehend. And so what's going to happen? They're going to be frustrated. They're going to become angry. So in the process of using these negative consequences, rather than bringing them up in the discipline and instruction approved by the Lord, we're frustrating our children. God works with us in a way that is not negative consequential oriented in that he does not initiate that. Now, if we fail to recognize the rules under which he created his universe and their natural consequences, it isn't that God is actively doing that. He's saying, hey, that's the law. You break the law, you're going to pay the consequences. So we need to re, uh, recognize the significance of this. We need to treat our children very similarly to how God treats us. Okay? When we uh, disobey, and we do it all the time, when we neglect, and we do it all of the time, we are expecting of God and grateful of our God, who says, just come to me humbly, forgive, and I'll uh, uh, repent, and I'll forgive. Folks, this is how we need to treat our children also, not punitively, but lovingly, with mercy, with grace. This is very, very, very critical for our children to understand, and if we don't model it for our children, they're not going to pick it up. It's impossible for them to. All right, let's take another break. Welcome back to Purpose Driven Parenting. This is your host, Vern Tyler. Really appreciate the opportunity with uh, being able to visit with you today, share with you some principles that hopefully will help you become a better, more effective, and stronger parent, and a loving parent, a parent that our children enjoy being around, uh, a parent that is respected and wanting to be obeyed. I shared at the end of the last segment a Bible verse, Ephesians 6, 4, there's a similar verse which I want to share and continue with that uh, thought. In Colossians 3.21, and again, reading from the New uh, Living Translation, um, reading now quotations, Fathers or parents don't aggravate your children. If you do, they will become discouraged and quit trying. End of verse. Again, that emphasizes the importance for us as parents to be careful that we don't frustrate or aggravate our children. Again, I find in my counseling and working with these children and working with families, this is the most significant uh, issue that uh, families don't appreciate and don't understand is how we aggravate one another. In this verse, it talks about aggravating children, but of course children aggravate us. And that's normally because we don't appreciate and don't understand what I shared with in the previous segment regarding their emotional state. They're emotional beings, highly emotional beings, and we're more thoughtful. Uh, so th there's, there's a collision that happens there. 
but uh, how many of us don't see children, and maybe you would even be honest enough to recognize your own children, how we tend to aggravate one another? Our children then really do become discouraged, and part of the discouragement is perhaps evidenced by children not wanting to be in our presence that much. Uh, when we do uh, ask of them or require of them to do certain things, they tend to respond in a frustrated, discouraged way. And oftentimes, I'm sure we as parents would, if we're honest with ourselves and recognize, our children really do quit trying. Uh, this is so tragic, again, dealing with uh, kids in foster care, uh, dealing with children in, in, in counseling and families in counseling. Uh, I think that both parents and children can become discouraged and quit trying. Again, this is a very sad predicament, very sad but realistic situation. Um, now, the probably one of the most significant negative issues that comes out of this is our children not only become discouraged and quit trying, but they uh, not only give up, but they become very angry to the point of becoming defiant and rebellious. Now, folks, if our children don't think that they're loved, if they're not receiving positive strokes, if we're not treating them gently by using positive consequences, but reacting with negative consequences, wow, can we expect much else than defiance and rebellion? Uh, very significant issue, folks. We need to address these issues. We need to be honest with ourselves. We need to take a look at this thing and say, you know, maybe I am part of the problem. Now, when I say I, I'm talking about us as parents. Um, we need to understand how we fit in this puzzle. And if we don't understand that, we're only contributing. We're only aggravating the whole situation. Let me uh, uh, kind of drop back here a little bit. When it comes to negative consequences, let's flush this thing out a little bit more. Uh, negative consequences usually happen for broken house rules or unwanted behavior. So we need to realize that uh, that's going to happen. That's part of being a child, and that's part of what we as parents need to be prepared to deal with. That's just a normal process in the parenting, uh, the child-parent relationship. We need to be able to adjust then how our reaction is to where the child is, uh, un un where their understanding and their level of development is. Um, we cannot assume that the child is going to adjust to our expectations or the way that we think. Folks, for a child, that's impossible. They have not been able to develop that mentally, spiritually. They have not developed that. And if we're not careful, uh, we can uh, abuse and hurt and hinder this whole development process in a very significant way. If children are gratified on a, uh, an immediate basis, they want immediate gratification, that means that we then, when we do use negative consequences, we need to adjust our thinking and our reaction to how that child thinks and behaves. That means instant gratification equates to short-term consequences. Long-term consequences are not going to be helpful with our children because that's not the way they think. 
And when I say short-term, I'm talking about minutes and hours, not hours, days, weeks, and months. So when we put our child on a restriction or give them a consequence that goes beyond hours, let's say, we are in extreme danger of aggravating, frustrating, causing our children to rebel. That's not what we want. That's not our purpose. But folks, the very behavior that we exhibit, the very influence that we're portraying at that point is extremely negative, extremely destructive. And the price is going to be paid in our relationship and the way the child develops and the way the child responds. Uh, This is, uh, again, a very significant issue. Now, long-term consequences uh, are generally what we tend to use when we need to uh, impose negative consequences. Long-term consequences are going to hurt the child, the family, all of our relations, uh, and often leads to frustration, anger, and rebellion again. Uh, That's not, again, the way the child thinks. That's not how the child behaves. That's a life sentence. Uh, believe me, uh, you take a uh, something that your child wants away, particularly a younger child. You take something away from that young child, and it is uh, for, let's say, even more than a minute. That's an eternity for this kid. Uh, I've had parents that in training are saying, gee, my young child, I just don't, don't know what I'm going to do. You know, what can I use to motivate my child? There's generally something that that child attaches to, even a two-year-old. Let's say a teddy bear. Uh you take that teddy bear away from that child or the child realizes that the teddy bear is not going to be available to them for their instant gratification, that's going to be a motivating factor in that child. Now, if you take that teddy bear away one minute or ten minutes, that's a significant issue to a two-year-old, very significant issue. I had a parent uh, not too long ago in a class said, you know, I just know what to do, and we found I went down through the list and they determined that their child loved their little teddy bear. So I said, okay, and they were complaining the child wouldn't put the toys away. I said, listen, I said, you just tell your child, your two-year-old, that if uh, they don't put their their uh, toys back in the box within, and you set a timer if you need to, within one minute, then Teddy goes up on the refrigerator. So they attempt, they, they did that process, and they were absolutely amazed because they no more put Teddy on top of the refrigerator, and within 30 seconds, that child had their toys picked up and in the box. And so then the child, the, the parents, are, of course, were able to use a positive stroke, acknowledging the child's behavior and taking care of the, uh, thing, the event the way that they should. So the next time when it came around, all they had to do was just remind the child, do we need to put Teddy aware? And they said the child immediately reacted. Immediately reacted. They never had to take a second time of removing Teddy. That was the motivation for that child. Now, again, when the child put the toys away, positive strokes had was it was only appropriate that that child received positive strokes now, because you're wanting to create a good behavior. All right. So this is these are the, some very important strategies that you can use that your child will appreciate, understand, and you won't destroy your child. Let's take another break. Welcome back to Purpose Driven Parenting. This is your host, Vern Tyler. We've been talking about motivating our children today or our child. I wanted, uh, When we went on last break, we were talking about uh, long-term, short-term consequences, and I was trying to impress 
on the appropriateness of using short-term consequences, not long-term. Uh, one of the things that I do, rather than to use the term punishment, I, uh, when I have to uh, get the attention of my children, which oftentimes would mean I normally, or most families, would use a negative consequence, I remind the child that I need their attention. And uh, then I attempt to use this process of letting them know I'm not there to punish, I'm not there to destroy their, their fun. I'm here to simply see that we bring uh, responsibility and I need their attention. The attention then reminds them of what the re- uh, consequence can be, the positive, the negative consequence. And usually, again, it's going to be a short-term consequence, not a long-term. I'm talking again, again minutes or hours, not days, months, weeks, whatever the case might be there. Uh, let me remind our parents that are out there, folks, if you use this process appropriately, Seldom, if ever, will you need to use corporal punishment. Uh, corporal punishment, yes, it'll get the attention of the child immediately, but corporal punishment includes an offense, a hurt that goes deep to the soul, even to the spirit. So I am one of those that uh, I'm not, it isn't that I don't allow or believe in corporal punishment in rare instances, but it needs to be extremely rare. Uh, I could probably count on one hand with my three bio- biological children. I could probably count on one hand the number of times that I've corporally punished my children. But I used this the concept here of uh, positive strokes and using short-term consequences, and it has worked a miracle. Uh, and I've worked with foster children. I've counseled foster children. I've counseled families. I assure you it works. And if you're like me, anytime you have to administer corporal punishment, it does hurt. It hurts me as much as I feel that it hurts the child. But I think I can handle it because I'm a thoughtful person. A child who is not a rational person is not able to deal with it in the same way that I can. So I'm not going to encourage corporal punishment. I'm going to encourage you to learn the strategies of using short-term consequences. Now, this may tend to be a little bit frustrating because you may have to go back and use that short-term consequence a number of times to remind the child But I assure you, if you're a conscientious parent, you're going to accomplish that good end that you want. And you're not going to damage. You're not going to hurt. You're going to develop a relationship. Your children are going to respect you. They're going to appreciate you being the parent, an understanding parent. Let me kind of retrace here a little bit or remind us. Remember, we've got to tell our children and model for our children how much they are loved every day. We've got to catch our children behaving, even with their attitude, appropriately, and to give them positive strokes. Look for those opportunities. Now, folks, we're not conditioned to do that. We've not trained ourselves to do that. This is going to take some development. It's going to take some some positive thinking, some positive attention, uh, which most of us as busy folks are going to tend to want to avoid, but Uh, It's going to pay off in spades if you can develop this in your family and your ability to observe and respond to your children. Uh, Try to avoid, and here's another thing with us parents here again that I'm trying to emphasize for you, avoid saying no by developing the skill of positive consequences. Again, no is only going to cause a defensive response from our children uh, if we can find a way to say yes and condition it Uh, we can accomplish the same end. The last thing that we talked about today here was keep negative 
consequences or punishment short. It'll be just as effective. In fact, it's going to be more effective if we understand this concept and develop our children to, they're going to they'll uh, even respond to us more quickly, more immediately, if we do it in a respectful way and keep the, these consequences short. Now, folks, folks, just think, when we met out a consequence, a weak telephone restriction, a month restriction for this or that with our teenagers, folks, this does not make sense because we as a family, we having a relationship with this child are going to pay as much of a price for that consequence as the child will. Uh, so everybody gets punished. Everybody uh, is hurt. Nobody comes out a winner. So again, uh, the negative consequences or punishment just do not work. So the quicker we understand this, the more effective we're going to be with our children and the quicker we're going to be able to develop these positive uh, behaviors uh, with our children. Real quickly, let me try to address an issue here, and uh, that's dealing with our children with problematic behaviors. Historically, and I think uh, today as I've uh, done this, these segments, one of the things that I have mentioned to you is that if we're not careful the way that we respond with negative consequences, we only frustrate and create additional issues. We have to confront our children with dignity and respect. Now, this is a mutual thing. Children frustrate us, we become angry, we become indignant, we become disrespectful, and the opposite happens. But we as parents, we're the adults, we're the parents. We should be above that level, and we've got to learn to get above that level. We have to understand that our behavior can provoke the very behavior that we have in our children, uh, that we see in our children, that we experience with our children. And then this becomes a vicious cycle if we're not careful. And usually this is what's going to happen. Uh, we have to uh, uh, understand that we as parents must first demonstrate the respect towards the child if we expect the child to respect us. Folks, we cannot demand respect. Respect is something that is earned. So if uh, we think we're going to be able to confront our, our child directly with this issue and demand respect, you may get uh, respect in terms of a behavior, but mentally, emotionally, you are not receiving respect. It's kind of like the child in, in school. What is it? Somebody says the child to sit down. The child says, okay, physically I'm sitting down, but in my mind I'm standing up. Folks, this is a situation with our children in many, many, many respects. Those that are authoritarian, those parents that are authoritarian uh, are going to demand that respect, but our kids are, are standing in their mind. They may be sitting before us, but in their mind they're standing, and that's why they're rebellious. That's the evidence as you're going to see happening that it's there. Um, so remember, respect begets respect. Disrespect begets disrespect. So if we want our children to respect us, we have to treat them with respect. If we treat them disrespectfully, what do you think we're going to get back? It's natural. It's normal. It's logical. We treat our children disrespectfully. They're going to treat us disrespectfully. So the onus is on you and I as a parent. If we don't understand this concept, then we're creating a real big issue for our children. And remember this. Even if we regard each other respectfully. Kids usually respond to parental confrontation in, uh, intervention 
with the purpose of getting their parents off their back, purposely attempting to raise the parents' anxiety level, especially if this has been successful in the past. This behavior will normally lead to arguing between the parents and the child, and this reset represents a stall-mated situation where our kids have, at minimum, frustrated the issue, which represents a win for the child. Do you understand the battle here? It is so significant, folks, so very, very significant, that if we get into arguments, if we belittle our children, if we don't respect our children, then we're creating the very situation that we want to avoid. We are conditioning our children to fight against us, to argue against us, to negotiate against us. However, the, the terminology you want to use in terms of the relationship trying to, to develop some way of working together, it's destructive, folks, and it's not going to lead to a good result. I want to uh, encourage you to uh, listen to the programs in the future. If you need to get a hold of me, uh, you're welcome to email me at purposedrivenparenting at gmail.com. If you uh, need to uh, want to get a little more information about the Parent Project training, uh, you're welcome to go to www.hosannapathways.org, and there will be a tab there for the Parent Project. You can click on that. Until our next time together, may God bless us. We thank you. Well, Vern, I'd like to thank you for your insights and comments today as part of our ongoing parenting series, a part of the Hosanna Parent Project. And for folks that say, gee, this is really great stuff, I'd like to go a little bit deeper. I'll remind listeners, you can download today's program as part of the KFAX podcast at kfax.com. I would encourage you to listen to this content again, certainly listen to it together with your spouse, and be able to down through the coming days and weeks, build principle upon principle, precept upon precept. For parents that need to go a little bit deeper and want to go into some intensive training, tell us a bit about the Hosanna Parent Project and how they can sign up for classes. Yes, they can go to the website that you had just mentioned, hosannaparentproject.org. They also can go to the national uh, website, which is www.parentproject.com, and all of the opportunities are, are listed on that website. However, I am the only one in the United States that's using the Parent Project spiritually-based curriculum. Everybody else is secular. So those that want the spiritual emphasis need to come to my series, and then that way they'll be able to get that influence. You have multiple-week seminars taking place at churches throughout the Bay Area. And what if somebody listening says, we need this in our church? Is it available? It is. Go to the same website. Give me some information. I'll contact the pastor, and we'll see if we can't arrange it based on the, the ability to use the church. And again, information available on the series at hosannaparentproject.org, a number of tools and resources available at that website as well, hosannaparentproject.org. That's hosannaparentproject.org. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Media Group, all rights reserved. 
Flynn, three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.